All right, right on time. Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to episode 52 of Sex Wars. I'm here with Bad Billy Pratt, the author of Welcome to Hell and the owner operator of the Kill to Party blog, killtoparty.com and Kill to Party on Twitter. How are you doing, sir? I am doing fantastic. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, well, before I get into it, a couple quick announcements. First of all, you can see Annika's not here. She was supposed to be here. She messaged me like an hour ago. Apparently, she's having an emergency and she had to go to the hospital. I don't think for her, but somebody she knows. So Annika's not here. I don't think she's going to be joining us today. And then the second thing is... Um, for anybody who watched my stream on Saturday, I mentioned that my father-in-law got COVID. A couple of days ago, my mother-in-law tested positive. And I have been feeling totally fine until like an hour ago. Oh, and no. I suddenly, I got really, really tired. I The funny thing is I don't feel sick at all. So I don't know, man. I don't know if I'm just being paranoid or what, because I don't feel sick, but I feel really tired so if i'm low energy or if i'm yawning billy please don't take it personally okay because <laughs> i was absolutely yaw- not yeah i was yawning all through my work meeting that because i just got off work an hour <laughs> ago too um but anyway so as i was gonna say it's funny because i stumbled across your blog every now and then years ago like i would i would see posts on reddit and oh, okay. I didn't know, I didn't, like, you know, a lot of times you, you find a blog post, you don't think about the person behind it. You know, you just kind of read. If it's like a random blog, you just kind of read it and go on. But I did think, like, because I had a blog, too, iHypocrite.net started as a blog, and we would, a lot of the stuff we would talk about would be similar things. And I kind of remember thinking, oh, this guy's muscling in on my territory, but his blog has like a way better look than mine. It's way more <laughs> aesthetic. So I was a little bit jealous, but it's, it's a small world. It's funny. Cause now years later, now here we are doing a little podcast together. That's so cool. So I assume that you were like manosphere circa 2014, 2015. Yeah, I was like the in the MRA scene back then. Okay. Yeah. And and so I was on a bunch of Reddits and your stuff would pop up every now and then. Okay, yeah, I definitely would post um I would I would you know, when you have a blog you just throw it all over the place. So I was definitely cross-posting to um MRA subs as well as uh, Manosphere subs. Yeah, so anyway, um you you have a book. I haven't read your book, Kill to Party, but I've seen it floating around. I've seen people talking about it and stuff. And bef- I have a couple topics I want to get into. But before um, we get into that, I want you to, to tell people about the Kill to Party and where that comes from. Because I know it's, um, what's her name? Casey, An- An- what is it? Casey Anthony. Anthony. Yeah, I think a lot of people maybe know this story, but can you kind of give people the, the summary of that because it is really like a good if you wanted to have like a poster child for the kind of hell world that we're in you picked a really good one you know um i definitely want to get into casey anthony but 
if you want, I find that the end stage poster child, and I was thinking about this all day, our end stage hell world poster child is Kate Glavin. And I kind of want to put a bookmark. <laughs> I want to put a bookmark in Kate Glavin because I was thinking of a lot about Kate Glavin. So we'll start with Casey Anthony because I see them as kind of alpha and omega. Yeah, I um, definitely want to talk about Kate. I don't think people know who that is, but she's the TikTok girl from the West Elm um, Caleb thing, that, the, Elm, the one yeah. that went viral. So we'll definitely, definitely talk about that. But yeah, let people know about Casey Anthony for those who don't. So know. Casey Anthony, who uh, graces the cover of my book, Welcome to Hell, um, artwork done by the extremely talented Matt Lawrence. Um, in 2011, uh, she was arrested for the murder of her child. Um, her child had gone missing and Casey kind of gave the police a runaround with where the child was. And, you know, she's, she's looking for it. She didn't want other, she didn't want outside help was her big claim. And she kind of like led the police on a wild goose chase until they finally arrested her for it. Um, but during the entire time she was leading the police on a wild goose chase, there's documented evidence, as it was the era of the iPhone already, where everyone's taking a picture at every moment, of her at house parties in Florida and her kind of, um, you know, drinking and partying and, and taking pictures with guys. And the implication was that, you know, she got rid of her daughter because she couldn't really put that lifestyle aside in favor of motherhood. She couldn't put the lifestyle of the single girl, you know, as, as kind of like cemented into our culture, our culture's lexicon by like sex in the city uh, earlier, you know, earlier in the 2000s. Um, she wanted that single girl lifestyle of just kind of going from man to man, going from party to party. And uh, she didn't want it encumbered by having to, I guess, find childcare for the night. Um, she was eventually tried, um, and due to, although there was an overwhelming amount of evidence in the favor of her guilt, uh, she was acquitted, even though she had searched on Google for, I think it was foolproof suffocation, which is like, even saying that is like effing heinous, but I don't know if I can curse, but, um, uh, yeah, yeah, go for it. Just, just try to avoid, uh, the F slur as I like to call oh, it. Yeah, no, no. And, and yeah, the, and the N, the N word. <laughs> yeah, oh, uh, yes, sir. <laughs> if you can, if you um, can restrain yourself on yeah. those ones. Yeah. Um, yeah. So she, she was just like, I mean, watching through the lens of the media, she was overwhelmingly guilty. And I, I you know, I don't think that particular piece of evidence, which was, you know, incredibly damning, made it into court, you know, some technicality. Um, but yeah, right. she was acquitted and it was just, uh, I was so taken with that. And I feel like that was my first little bit of red pilling, um, that is this a solitary situation? Is this one bad girl that we could all kind of point to and say, you know, how dare you bad girl behave this way? Or is there a larger story here? Does this point to something like sweeping and cultural? And when you start thinking that way, it's, it's hard not to kind of see maybe most women wouldn't go to that extent. I don't think they would, but what similarities are there? Um, and, you know, that kind of gets you on a kick of uh, kind of, you know, that internet rabbit hole of <laughs> reading what people have to say and, you know, yeah, just, runs deep. yeah, there's lesser extremes you can go to just neglect and, you know, um, like 
having children to collect welfare checks and, and stuff like that. There's all kinds or even of, just that, but I mean, what's the core of that Casey Anthony story? It's entitlement. It's, it's, right. uh, it's a disdain for responsibility and this kind of like endless infinite, you know, entitlement. And like, we could definitely see mirrors of, of female behavior. Um, in, in, you know, in, in just in general and, and, you know, certainly in the, in the Kate Levin story, if we could, you know, when we get back to that, it's the, the heart of these stories is just a lack of, uh, you know, a complete lack of a willingness to take responsibility and just endless entitlement. Yeah. And I'll, I'll just, maybe we should go to the Kate Clavin stuff now, since we're, we're bringing it up. I was going Kinda to, I was going to do it. this Uber thing, but let me, um, but, but, but let me get try to get the video here. And while I'm pulling this up, I will mention that for people who want to look a bit more into the Casey Anthony stuff, there's a really good video on the Jim Can't Swim. I don't I don't know if you've seen that or if you're familiar with that YouTube channel or I think it's called JCS Criminal Psychology. Yes. Now, but they they have a video called There's Something About Casey. <laughs> And it's really good. If you want to like actually feel the horror of the whole thing, I'd recommend people to check that out. That guy is a great channel. There's a great Jody Arias video. I mean, just you could, you could stay on that channel for a whole day. Yeah, it's quite good. So I'm just what, so there's this video that went viral on Twitter and the woman ended up deleting the tweet eventually. Cause I think, she wasn't expecting the mob to turn on the girl in the TikTok, who is this this Kate Glavin that we keep mentioning. So I somebody was able to like screen record it from the tweet and send it to me. And so I'm gonna play it here from my my last episode of Can't Stop Progress. I I don't know if I'll play the whole thing because it's like two minutes and it's really hard to listen to the whole thing. It's really like a kind of psychological torture just watching this TikTok video, but we'll we'll see how we do. Mama Villain is back. You know, yesterday I was like, oh, I kind of respect privacy. Now, no. Westcom Caleb, let's get into the story time as a primary source because now I'm seeing people trying to do timelines that are not involved in the matter. And I'm like, Kate, it's your duty as a woman to give this timeline. Okay, so let's get into it. So I matched with this boy on Hinge last week. I was like, okay, another dude to add to my arsenal. It's fine. Six four, like I'm six feet tall, so it's a fairly hard to date, whatever. We go on a date on Saturday, this past Saturday. We get coffee, then we hang out again on Sunday, right? All this shit on TikTok went down on Monday, okay? So the dude and I are texting on Monday night just about dinner or something, and then I get tagged in this video on TikTok, and he knows after a second date that I do TikTok as a job. I get tagged in this. I'll tag the original creator so you guys can go watch it. So I watch the video, I freak out. Rightfully so, because this is the dude that I've been going on a date with. Like, this is at, like, 6.30 on Monday. I get a text from Caleb, which I'm an insert, because I don't really give a fuck if this man lives or dies, if I'm going to be honest here. He just goes, I'm really upset. And I was like, what happened? This was right as I got tagged in the video. And I was like, I wonder if he knows, even though he's offline. And then he said, like, yeah, someone from work sent him this TikTok about West Elm Caleb. I had a few coworkers message me about it. So the time receipts of this, it's like 6.30 p.m. on a Monday. So then in that video, people are commenting, like, this is this about Kate Glavin's video? Me being Kate Glavin. So I start getting DMs on Instagram from other girls, which I'm going to insert here. I got a DM from a lovely girl named Kelly. And this is where things just hit the fan for me. So Kelly DMs me and she goes, hey, I 
know you've been on a few dates with Caleb because she saw my videos and then saw that video by the other creator and like put together that it was about me. She said, I dated him for the past six weeks, sent me a playlist, blah, 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 blah. As you can imagine, I was like, oh, cool. All the shit that I was worried about. Like he told me he wasn't on Hinge. He deleted Hinge after we were talking. Um, he wasn't on apps and ghosting. And this was like the timeline of her. So I don't I don't know about you, but it's getting really hard to keep going. Like it's like nah, 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 nah. it's like a nail, like hammering at your head. I'll I'll and finish the I'll finish it though. Well, yeah. Okay. Her experience with West Elm Caleb was right not, if not overlapping to mine. Now here's where it gets sick and twisted. Kelly saw in my video that my first date with Caleb was on Saturday. She woke up in Caleb's bed on Saturday. She was with Caleb Saturday morning. Caleb and I went on a date at 3 p.m. on Saturday. <laughs> the audacity of a straight white man with a fucking mustache. <laughs> the audacity. So as being this is the one I think who's most recently seen Caleb, I'm obviously texting him about this like, uh, you want to fucking explain all this? So he admits to ghosting Kelly. He admits to like ghosting everyone. But now I'm in this situation where like this man is like kind of confiding in me, but I'm also kind of like, fuck you, babes. Like this is not blown up on TikTok. Me <laughs> all right. Um... But now before we hear your your psychoanalysis here, I just want to show people one more thing because every time I think about like quitting Twitter and just going and touching grass forever, I see a tweet that reminds me why I'm on the website. <laughs> this tweet is so funny. So you have a poo spilling his tendies here. And then the next picture is this. <laughs> it's just, it's such a great, Tweet. I want to know what what's going on with the faces in the video. I don't think is she like trying to be funny because it's definitely not landing. I don't know if she just is like so over socialized to like the TikTok tropes that that's maybe what I, what I'm not familiar with. But there's something where every every word needs to like get its own like emo emotion, and it's just that it. it I mean, she was screen capped like four thousand times, so she's right. like now like Christian territory of. Forever on the internet, going to be a meme. I don't know if that's what she was going for. Yeah, there's, I, I've, I have been thinking about, you know, obviously language evolves over time, but I'm realizing more and more that mannerisms also evolve over time. And I'm getting to the age where I'm starting to be like, Jesus, if, uh, you know, I'm 40 now. If if I make it to 80, am I going to, like, what are people going to be doing? Like, because it's so annoying. You know what I mean, the, this TikTok thing with the hands and the, the franticness. Hands, the, her eyebrows are somehow like a full inch above her eyes. I, I don't know if that's like a, like she's something she's affecting or. Right. So here's the thing. When Casey Anthony, you know, if I'm just going to tie them together, when she was covered by the media, the media at the time, a decade ago, was rightfully non-sympathetic. Like, not even like a tiny bit of like, well, maybe she was scared, maybe she was stressed. It was none of that. It was just pure crucifixion, as as it should be. Right. Um, what happened with the Kate Glavin viral TikTok was picked up by, I mean, it's it's amazing because it was picked up by practically every media every media outlet ran a story on this and it's like the biggest non-story maybe in history to get so much coverage it's a guy a good-looking guy in manhattan dating a lot <laughs> like are you yeah. kidding that's that's your media story that's your news story on this and there's just something where it was always universally of course slanted toward 
absolute sympathy for these women. And it's like, are you out of your mind? Like, there's, so there's something now wrong with popularity? Yeah, I mean, I will say this. I Googled it just before, like just half an hour ago, just to see what would come up. And there was more art, more of the newest articles, like on the news tab, if you go right now for West Elm Caleb, are more sympathetic, more like, well, you know, maybe this was a stupid witch hunt <laughs> that we never should have engaged in kind of thing. Okay. So they're kind of coming around now to to a more sane position. Um, but I do. Uh, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. And um, my thoughts on this, the, the thing that I like this woman, Kate, she she like I love this picture so much because she gives off this kind of like energy that you're, you're a bad person or whatever. And I, I was trying to figure out why do people dislike her so much? And because I know one of the things is that in her video, she says another boy to add to my arsenal. Right. Yeah. So there's a hypocrisy that everybody is pointing out. But I also thought there's more to it than that. And I, when I thought about it a little bit, what I realized was there's the amount of glee that she has as she tells this story doesn't jive with the idea that she's upset or that she thinks this is a bad thing. You know what I mean? It's well, like if she met a guy, kind of yeah, well, she's painting herself as a victim, right? But it's sure. like if she met a guy who she just had a good date with and, and really liked and everything was normal and none of this other stuff happened, I don't think she would talk about it with the same amount of glee and joy that she does finding out that there's this guy that she can put on blast basically. And so there's when you, I don't know if most people think about this, but there's something like just, it's like, why are you so happy that you have somebody that you get to shit on basically, you know? Um, I think Kate fashions herself as something as like a, an influencer. And it's funny. Cause I, I could be wrong, but I think that's what the Zoomer college-aged girl like most aspires to be. Um, an influencer where, you know, you're 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 showing off your like. It's kind of like I guess the modern reality star that is like accessible to more people. You're you're showing off your life, you're you're getting likes for it. And I mean, she probably views the world, and I could relate to this as having a blog or having a Twitter that's like kind of very active, you kind of end up seeing the world for better or worse as content. Right. You know, something happens to you and you, you get the excitement of wh whether it's good, bad to you, the person outside of the internet is almost becomes irrelevant. Uh, I mean, this is just my take. I don't know, but it's, I think that gleam in her eye is like, I've got content. I've got content. This one's going to go viral. <laughs> and I can, right. I got, you know, I got to say, I could relate to that. I can relate to that. Yeah, that makes sense. So I did you have anything else you want to touch on? I was going to maybe talk about your thread because I, I kind of messaged you sort of impulsively just a couple days ago to do the show because I saw you had a thread about this that I liked, but I didn't, I, I don't know, I kind of like have some complaints, I guess. <laughs> okay. So we can um, go into that unless you had something else you wanted to to touch on with this first. You know, I just, I just find it 
again, like just to draw that similarity between Casey Anthony, which is on the cover of my book, Welcome to Hell, available on Amazon, and Kate Glavin, is that again, like the heart of the story is like the lack of taking responsibility. And and this is going to segue into the thread, but the lack of taking responsibility and just that entitlement. And what what term does she give that to? And this is like, this is cool because I, I first heard this term a few years ago and like my brain is so hotwired from the manosphere that the synapses just like exploded seconds after I heard it and I completely understood what it really meant. But she calls it a love bomb. She calls it a love bomb. She was the victim of a love bomb. And that's kind of, that's what really sparked the thread if you want to get into to that thread. Yeah, I do. But I'll just, before I show it here, the like love bomb, that where I first heard that term was talking about cults, like a cult tactic where when a cult is trying to brainwash someone into joining, all the members of the cult love bomb you to get you to like lower your defenses and just get, get sucked into like thinking this is your new family basically. And I've been using the term lately to talk about how the LGBTQ people <laughs> re like basically recruit. Cause if you see those like TikTok videos where a teacher comes out to her class and everyone cheers, yes, like, Hey, I'm gay. And everyone celebrates or I'm trans. And like, it's like the greatest news ever. That's to me is a love bomb to, to some degree, maybe not, maybe not literal like cult tactic, but there is like an incentive there. Yeah, I, I right. Definitely. I, I definitely agree. Um, I think it's a real thing, but like all real things, when kind of taken on by white women, they kind of <laughs> use that like, you know, their, their little white woman superpower to bend it and shape it to their own purposes. Right. So, yeah, I mean, yes, there is definitely a psychological coercion. That's a real thing. You, manipulating emotions is definitely real. But is it real in the case of going on a few dates with someone that you maybe find very handsome and you know, you, you like them a lot. <laughs> is that, that, is that, is that, is that considered a love bomb? Right. Maybe a love suicide bomb, but I think you're love bombing yourself. I don't think, I don't think it's really on the, uh, you know, on the, the responsibility of a person you've seen a few times on a date. Yes. So in regards to your thread, did you want, do you want to read it or do you want me to read it or do you want to just summarize it? How do you want to do this? So, um, looking at the, the, well, do you want to, maybe, maybe you could read it. <clears throat> All right. So you, you say the concept of the love bomb as understood as something objectively real reveals how large the gap is between the way men and women understand the world. Do we all have equal access to using love bombs? No. Can the incel use a love bomb to get a girlfriend? No. I, I think that I definitely agree with that. That's a very salient point. Can the average guy use a love bomb to manipulate women? Maybe, but he'd have to get her interested in him first, thus making the use of the love bomb irrelevant. So if interest must precede the use of a love bomb, it's a chicken and egg issue is she in love with him because he used a love bomb or is she in love with him because she's interested? Reminder that women only find a small minority of men actually attractive. And so this is the classic, like only 20% of men 
or whatever it is. It looks like less than that here. <laughs> it looks like way less. Yeah. Anyway, uh, if she ends up on a date with the tiny sliver of men whom she'd consider attractive, is any further action from this man needed? Isn't it more likely that she's love bombing herself? But what if he's a jerk and he's intentionally manipulating her through his words and actions? Okay, maybe he is, but who cares? Are there any fouls left to call in modern dating, which incentivizes dishonesty and social advantage and only rewards the strong? Could, couldn't makeup and sexually provocative clothing be considered a lust bomb? And much worse, these bombs reach beyond the amoral landscape of dating into schools, offices, and civilian life. Yes, but no one would care. Men expect to be manipulated. In the game of dating, women expect to be selectors. Paired with this expectation is the idea that their ability to select must be pure and without tamper. This is why the only dating advice men are given is be yourself, allowing women the purity of honest selection. As selectors, women expect to be pursued by multiple men. In the age of innocent courtship, this meant polite dating and a firm handshake to end the night. In the age of Tinder, this means a woman is sexually active with different men until one loses interest in the other. As selectors, women expect the men pursuing them to pursue them only. Men are not selectors. How dare they act as if they have options too? That's a female privilege, as seen by West Elm Caleb Chick, who nonchalantly mentions having an arsenal of men. She can be nonchalant about perpetrating the same crime she's reporting, the same crime as Caleb, in the video documenting her outrage at said crime, because women expect all advantages to favor them in dating and are genuinely confused when reality doesn't match this expectation. Dating is amoral sexual capitalism, most favoring the strong and fit while allowing the smart and determined some degree of success as a distant second. There are no rules in a game you want to win. The only way to win is to be six foot four, which is what Caleb was, right? Yes. It's okay. one of the few things. I mean, maybe it's like the only important thing to know about Caleb. Definitely one of the few things we know. Yeah, well, his picture is online and he is like kind of a conventionally good looking guy. I would say no homo, as you'd expect. So he's got that going for him. I mean, I'm six foot five and I would always put that on my Tinder back, sure. when I, back when I was doing the online dating. But it wasn't like it wasn't instant access for me because I don't have <laughs> I don't have the looks to go with it. Yeah. Um so where, where would you like to start here? All right. Well, so the point you keep that that rubs me the wrong way or, or that I maybe am like not sure about is this idea that it's like, who cares if you just go in lying and it's like, just, you know what I mean? Who cares if you manipulate and everything's dishonest and everything's fake? Like from, from my perspective, I think... I guess it depends who you're doing it to because like if some guy manipulates a woman who's already like a crazy hoe for sex and, but he lies to her, he's like, yeah, I want a relationship or whatever. And then he ghosts out after he gets laid. 
I don't care in that case, but if it's a nice girl who is looking for a relationship, it's kind of wrong to do that, isn't it? Do you, do you mind my asking, are you married? I'm married now, yes. Yeah. And how long have you been married? Uh, we just celebrated our two-year anniversary, so really not long okay. if the plan <laughs> is to go the distance. <laughs> oh, I'm, and I hope you do. Um, and and you, I assume you've dated before before then, so uh, yeah. a, few, a few years now. Oh um, well, actually, we we got married really soon. We we dated for like three months. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's hey. They say if you don't know in the first six months, then it's not not a thing. So congratulations. But um, you you bring up nice girls, and I'm not going to say there aren't nice girls. I'm not that type of like manosphere like absolute hardcore. But we're talking about women who are like chronic users of dating apps and not everyone is um not not every woman is on a dating app but the ones who are are going to experience uh tremendous interest from men who were typically or so they would have thought out of their reach prior to using the dating app um especially i mean since i am I'm, you know around your age um, the experience, the experiences I've had that really shaped, uh, you know, me, me pulling my book together were meeting older women, women who are like above 35, above 40. And they will, like any woman will, you know, tell you the right thing you want to hear when you first meet them. You know, they're not that kind of girl in, in so many words, however one would say that. Sure. And if you kind of, you know, cause writing my book, you know, I was, meeting women and I wanted to really get to know them. I really wanted to get to know their stories. And when you do a little, you know, digging and, and getting to know them and allowing them that space to open up, the stuff you find out is, is shocking that a woman divorced 43 years old and she is, yeah, she's trying to meet a nice guy to have a real relationship with. And I believe she really is. But between that, she has like a 25 year old coming over you know, to hang out a little bit. Uh, she has a, you know, 30-year-old that she's seeing regularly. She has a 36-year-old who's married. And, and there are things, stuff like that, like, like Kate would have said, the arsenal. You know, these women, that's, Kate was, Kate is so comfortable with this idea that it, you know, it, it, she didn't see any reason not to, to add that into her story where she's trying to play a victim by, like, accusing someone of womanizing more or less. Um, right. These women really do have, you know, a lot of tremendous uh, attention from younger men who, you know, younger men love older women because they know it's just like a gas station. You get to come over. There's no expectations. It's a, a kind of an equal exchange and you get to go on your way. You don't even have to come up with excuses as to why you're not looking for a relationship right now or let's just have fun or whatever you would say to someone who maybe had a reasonable expectation to take the relationship further i mean these guys know older women will just kind of like be cool with it and you would never know unless you really dug at it and once you see that you can't unsee it hmm. i could only imagine what a girl under 25 is experiencing you know, mm. between looking for boyfriend material, whatever she want to call it, she's dating guys who, or she's seeing guys rather, who, you know, don't exactly fit that bill, but who are a lot of fun. 
you're yeah maybe i'm being a little bit naive i mean i will say i never i didn't meet my wife on tinder um so maybe it's just maybe there are no nice girls on dating apps like i guess that's kind of the point you're trying to make i hate to make it sound malicious when it's not malicious because dude believe me if i was in their shoes if if all of these hot girls were just like hey let's hang out for a few hours right um these you know hot 25 year olds whatever it would be am i gonna say no am i am i too good for that no it's just men have uh, men have the ability to complain right. now because the dating market favors women so heavily. Yeah. You know, before I, um, <laughs> before I met my wife, like a, a year or two before I did a stream on Valentine's day called checking my Tinder on Valentine's day. <laughs> and it's still on the Odyssey channel. It's, it got, I deleted it off YouTube, but you can find it on my Odyssey channel for anyone who's curious. And I basically was just showing who I was matching with as like a 35 year old dude. And it was all like 42 to 45 year old fat, super fat women. Like that oh, was like man. 90% of my matches. Right. Um, it's, it's bleak out there. So for guys who are trying to find, whether it's someone to date or someone to marry, do you have any tips? <laughs> like you know, where to I, look, where to go, anything? I was actually just listening to your, your podcast with Gavin McGinnis and his tip was stop jerking off. Right. Um, all right. It's not a bad tip, but I, I tried to come up with one of my own. And um, man, I, maybe I'm black-pilled, but I don't know. I think just be outgoing. I mean, I hate to I hate to <laughs> do the just talk to girls bit because no one wants to hear that either. But uh, I don't I don't know if dating apps are really going to result in any any kind of longevity. Um, do they kill your soul? Maybe I don't know. Um, they say try to meet a girl in church but how does that even work? Um, I think that just try to try to have friends, try to not even think about it. Um, you know, live your life, uh, you know, achieve your goals. Um, I don't know if the girls will come, but you'll, you'll have a meaningful life at least if they don't. Uh, let me ask you this. Do you get women reaching out to you because of your internet presence? Like you're as, being on Twitter and having a blog and that, do you ever get women sliding into your DMs, so to speak? I do not, but uh, <laughs> probably because I am anonymous. So, you know, right. just, just like, just like they say, you know, um, it's face height and fame. Well, my fame's not quite there yet. And the rest is just doesn't, doesn't really matter. Maybe someday. Yeah, what face and LMS? What is that? Looks, money, status, or something like that. We, I, I, you know, I think that I think Roosh updated that with with like looks, height, and fame, because I think the like old school manosphere money fandom, doesn't play into it anymore. Money doesn't play into it anymore. I mean, I think if you want to be taken, I think if you want maybe like to meet some dream girl and and get married for a few years and then kind of. I guess in exchange for those few years, lose it in the divorce. But <laughs> I mean, m- money isn't attractive. Money, in, in, as an end of itself, doesn't turn anyone on. 
Right. Well, I don't, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it does for some some people. They say women are like wired differently, right? And, <laughs> and they say that like when women take birth control, that makes them more attractive to like beta men. Have you heard that? No. I When they take birth control. Yeah, because uh, so I, I maybe I shouldn't bring this up because I'm not an expert in it, but I guess the the way the birth control works is that it makes your body think that you've like you've just given birth, so that's why you don't get pregnant because the body is like thinking that you just had a baby, but the the hormones that that produces makes oh. you more attracted to providers and and like guys who are going to stick around and not leave you. Okay. So there's a, there's a theory out there. I, I, have you heard the the term? What, like, Oh, it's not, not Humpty Dumpty, but something like that. Like, uh, I forget what it is, but anyway, that, that, that women are actually not attracted to chads, but that they're attracted to like Silicon Valley dorks or whatever who have money <laughs> And it's because know. they're all taking birth control. I think there's a subreddit of Silicon Valley dorks complaining how they have all this money and they still are virgins. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, but like, we're, I feel like we're almost at a post self help kind of landscape because, like, what are you really going to believe? I think there was a purity to the manosphere when, when maybe like we, you and I were both looking at it. Uh, maybe, maybe you a little less so than me, but um, I think there's a purity of like guys really kind of sitting down and being these like armchair philosophers and there was less product to sell and there were less ways to sell a product. Mm. And now when you go on Twitter, I mean, how many manosphere or masculinity or like telling you one thing, telling you another thing, everyone's selling their, their product. Um, have you ever seen uh, Boogie Nights? Yes. Yeah, sure. It's been okay, a while, so, but yeah. Yeah. So you have Dirk Diggler, right? Dirk Diggler is the um, Mark Wahlberg character. And uh, somewhere along, like he has this like passion for doing porn, right? It's really silly. But yeah. somewhere along the way, he gets replaced by like this guy who they hired an actor that kind of kind of almost looks like him. And he's like kind of doing the Dirk Diggler like character, but really poorly. And it's like kind of supposed to represent like a lost purity and like maybe there was like a, a shred of artistic integrity in porn at first, and then it was like lost over time. I think that's like the theme of the movie overall. And I feel like that's like what these new Manosphere characters are like. They're they're like the the imitation Dirk Diggler because like they're saying all the right lines, but there's like so little authenticity behind it, and there's so little passion behind it. Um, I saw an account the other day um, that was like oh my God, this is like the rock bottom, like nadir of, of manosphere. It was uh, the masculine geek. And if you, if this sounds great, there's, there's a shout out, find him on Twitter. And right. It's like the masculine geek. And he had this picture of himself reading a book with like a girl at his feet and the girl's like rubbing his feet. And he actually had the picture watermarked the masculine geek. And it's like, that is really where we are. Dude, one, no one is stealing your picture. Like, come on. (laughs) (laughs) No one's claiming to be you. And two, it's like, wow, we're really just like filling every niche of like 
now it's like if you're if you're a geek don't worry you can keep your funko figures because i'll sell you a way to be masculine too so what do you really believe in this in this landscape of like kind of like post self-improvement everyone has a different angle to convince you you know that you're okay and you're going to be okay yeah the thing that i sort of have settled on is that the best advice is the most like trite common sense stuff so working out is good um just having trying to have a balanced life like touching grass you know what i mean don't do drugs don't drink excessively don't smoke don't you know, don't spend too much time playing video games. Don't watch porn if you can. Like all that kind of stuff is, I think, will lead you to a place with people who are also well adjusted. Maybe it worked for me. I don't know if it works for everyone, but that's I kind of went on a, like a five year path of self improvement, and then it led me to where I am now, which is a pretty good place. Awesome. I mean, I would say that I had, uh, you know, a similar experience where I, you know, about five or six years ago was in a place that wasn't really desirable, wasn't great. Um, and I, I kind of did start building from the ground up also. Um, you know, I'm not married, so, uh, you know, um, maybe, maybe, uh, I'm not, I'm not done figuring things out, but, um, I would say, yeah, if you really want a girl, I would, I would start just exactly what you said. And they're really like you, like you said, there, there needs to be no further and anything else is just like gravy on top. I mean, just like get, do the basics, take care of yourself, look healthy, look fit, you know, um, touch grass. Yeah. There's not like really hacks that you need, right? right? Right. It's, it's just the basic, like common sense stuff will get you there. If you can actually find the discipline in this, in this world that is like so depraved and constantly a social circle. I mean, that's, I would, if you're going to meet a girl, meet her through a social circle that that's your, that's your best bet for meeting someone that's going to be closest, closest to normal. Yeah, my I met my wife on Twitter. Wow, <laughs> so, get out of here! No, that's true. And she she messaged me first. Okay, so, so that's why I was asking because like I'm always curious if anybody else like who who because I do, I do see other people who have started YouTube channels and and stuff like that, and they end up they end up finding a partner because of that essentially. That's awesome, man. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, again, like I, I do prefer to keep anonymity. Um, I just don't, I never want to feel like I, I mean, there, there are things I have no interest in you know, talking about, but I don't want to feel like I could ever, you know, not, not say something, you know, I want to be able to right. really have that creative freedom. Yeah, I hear you. Um, do you want to, can we talk about the Uber thing? Uber, do, you know, what, do you even know what I mean? The Chicago like Uber exec. Okay, she made that video where she has like ten thousand products. No, as a twenty-four. Uh, it's just yeah, like that's, a, that's, a this little like, vlog. I, I thought it was like she's constantly like I used. Or maybe maybe I don't. Maybe I'm misremembering. Uh, it's only this one's only like forty-seven seconds, so we'll play it here. But 
um, people had like a super strong reaction to this video. And I was hoping you could demystify that for me. I'll play it for you and you let me know what you think. Day in my life as a 24-year-old living in Chicago working for Uber. Y'all, the office opened back up today. It was limited services, but you know I still had to go in. I hit the gym and had a good booty day. Look at that pump. And then I hopped into the locker shower rooms and I got ready. Half the reason I get ready here is for the Dyson blow dryers. They do something for me. After that, I headed up to the Uber floor and met up with Miss Kina. Look how cute she looked today. And we spent our morning working out of a conference room. At lunch, we headed to the kitchen. That was the menu for today. And then we finished our day in that same conference room. Honey, that sunset lighting was hitting different today. And then after work, I headed over to Whole Foods and then went home to make an easy dinner before I relaxed for a bit. Before bed, I started this book while I let this face mask dry. And then I headed to bed. Night, guys. Day in my life as a 24-year-old okay. So that's the video. And just to give you an idea here, you can see there's like almost 4,000 quote tweets on it. And some of the quote tweets have like thousands and thousands of quote tweets. Like, um, where's the one? It's a little bit dangerous scrolling. Like this one right here has like a thousand quote tweets. She's saying that this video was made for black people. So... The the thing is, so yeah, the, well, there's a lot of like, whoops, hit the wrong thing there. So the discourse, like from what I was paying attention to in the quote tweets, it went through like several different stages. There's a lot of kind of different takes on this, but I, I want to hear what you think about that <laughs> before we go into like various takes or whatever. Well, you know, it's probably a case where people kind of see what they want to see. She seems young and pretty and happy. And I think there definitely is an element on the internet who just won't like that. Um, Is it that like, she is like this almost living product of neoliberalism where she um, is just bouncing between like this, this, uh, you know, this tech job, uh, she's going to Whole Foods. Honestly, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, one th- this, one thing this, I saw somebody, yeah. s- I, I saw a couple people say that she's like a female Patrick Bateman a little bit in the, I guess the idea being that she's living a life that is like, like exactly living up to the kind of social expectations, I guess. Um, I don't know. I mean, this, I, I did see this when it, when it was going around and it, it just didn't really hit me the same way. That, yeah. Me, ne- that, me neither. That's why I'm, I'm trying to understand why, why people have such like, like such a strong reaction to it. Uh, I, but I guess you don't, you don't know either, huh? Like what could, what could this 24 year old like be offering to, to Uber in the first place. And that's, that's what I wonder, like these, well, I mean, are people angry that she was probably has a very high paying job that maybe she got in part due to her, her attractiveness. Yeah. I think, I think there's like an idea that her job is just like, like a non job just to have like cute women in the office, which is like, again, fair enough. Like who wouldn't (laughs) want to work in an office that has cute women in it, right? Yeah, I mean, sure, if she looks the part, you know, sure. 
All right. Well, we don't we don't need to to try to dissect it and, and, and rack our brains over it. I was just curious what you had to say about it. Um, I have a couple more things here to show you. This is um, a Twitter, a tweet somebody put up where the, a woman who says, I'd rather receive a dick pic any day than the unhinged shit men actually send me. I'll read wow. a little bit to you guys. It says, hey, Cassidy, hope you are doing well. I was going to text you in the afternoon so you would know I am sober and of my right mind, though I am probably never in my right mind <laughs> as a broken human being. But this fundamentally felt like a middle of the night text, so I decided to go that route. Long story short, I want to see you naked. I want to see your tits. I want to see your ass. I want to see it all. I've felt that way since the first pitch on Twitch when I thought to myself, that's a sexy woman. I'm not in the mood for our usual quasi-combative interaction, unless that's what you're into. Anyway, it goes on for a while. I think you get the idea. Is this to a, a girl on a dating app or a Twitch streamer? I th I think this is a whoops I think it's a Tinder DM, uh, okay. sorry a Twitter DM. Okay, but I, I can't tell for one hundred percent sure. But he said something about the first. What did he say? The, pitch oh, on the, the first pitch on Twitch. Uh, you know, I honestly don't know, but I will say this is this is like the woman that he's talking to. She's okay. I don't want to be rude, but she's kind of average looking. Yeah, those bangs are just not not doing the favors. <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. I mean, I, it's I, the I, it's the line about being a broken human being that does it for me. You know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, and yet we could all relate to wanting wanting just to see tits. So true. I, I get where he's coming from. Just the the approach is just. Um, he needs to do some manosphere reading. Maybe, maybe the masculine <laughs> geek is for this guy. <laughs> masculine geek. All right, I have I have one more thing. I'll get your your thoughts on here. This is a uh, BBC article, and this is a tweet from Lisa Britton, who's kind of in the MRA style. Thing and she's saying the AA, which I believe is like triple A, but for the UK. So, so this is like roadside assistance. If you break down, you have this subscription and you call them, they come like bring a tow truck or pick you up or fix your car or whatever. They had to issue an apology insisting lone women drivers are top priority after backlash when a stranded customer was told lone male and female drivers were given the same priority as that's equality. So a woman called in to this like triple A in the UK and was like, help, I'm stranded. And whoever she was talking to was like, well, we have other, they're on their way, but there's some other ones first. And I guess the, <laughs> it came out that the other people were men. And so she ranted about that on Twitter all right, so here, here's what happened. She tweeted on Twitter and said, I'm a lone woman whose car is broken down at night in the dark. 
Your call handler has told me you treat lone women and lone men as exactly the same priority because that's equality. And they replied and said, yes, that's true. But then they eventually, they got so much backlash from that that they had to apologize and be like, oh, we're going to make sure everybody understands that women's safety is our top priority. Wow. So she got the apology. Yeah. And well, not just that, but according to them, they're like issuing directives through the company to make sure that women get rescued first, basically, that they get priority. Wow. And and funny enough, it I mean, it, it ties back to Casey Anthony. It ties back to Kate Glavin. And it's this kind of landscape where women are really pushing the entitlement and kind of diminishing their own personal responsibility as much as they can. And I mean, I guess we could say feminism, the, the, the you know, kind of the landscape of equality was never, it's just counterintuitive to human behavior. So again, like I'm not going to paint women as these like evil malicious creatures, but I think that they are used to being the kind of physically smaller, more delicate human. And, you know, because of that, you, you kind of feel that there's, you know, a responsibility to be cared for first. There's the women and children first, you know, for a reason. Yeah. And and I, I'm quite old fashioned myself. So I'm very sympathetic to that. And I'm, I'm trying to, decide how I feel about this because there there are like aspects of equality that I definitely don't like, like equality under the law is generally good, but yeah. there are some things where I would say no, like, like the draft, for example, I'm, I'm not like, yeah, we need to draft women into the army. It's like, I, I don't just don't think that's going to be good for the army or the women. Right. <laughs> right. Neither. Either. Right. But so for something like this, I'm a little bit more like, I don't know, man, (laughs) you broke down on the road. Is somebody going to pull up and rape you and you deserve to get jumped to the front of the line because of that? I don't, you know, I don't know. No, I I totally agree. I, I think it is ridiculous, but when we're given this kind of when we're forced upon us this like false landscape of like pseudo equality, suddenly it's like, well, when it doesn't like benefit me, you know, I'm going to feel entitled to push back against it for, you know, reasons of just because like she doesn't really have, like you said, she doesn't really have a practical reason outside of I am a woman. Yeah. And the problem with like saying that you believe in equality, but not actually falling through, following through when push comes to shove is that like that's where the mra sprouted out of right was just yes at the mrm rather it's just a bunch of men being like wait a minute (laughs) i thought i thought we were i thought everybody was equal what's going on here you know what i mean and that's that's human nature people if you tell people everything is going to be equal and fair but it's not equal and fair people are going to notice and take issue with it so there has to be some kind of reckoning in terms of what what are we really going to do about genders? Are we going to acknowledge that the sexes are real and that they're different, or are we going to keep pretending that they aren't? 
I think we're going to pretend until the wheels come off. <laughs> we're going to pretend until the boat sinks. And you know what? After it sinks, we're still going to pretend. So I think welcome to hell. This is just what it is. All right. Well, I think that's a pretty good place to end it. And like I said, I'm not feeling 100% either. So um, the book is Welcome to Hell. People can find it on Amazon. I, and I put a link in the description of the video. And I also put a link to your Twitter, which is Kill to Party. Your blog is killtoparty.com. Do you have anything else we should know about or anything you want to plug? It doesn't even have to be your stuff, just something you like that you think we should check out or anything. Um, my book is on Terror House. Um, they have a lot of great authors that maybe don't get the attention they deserve. Um, so if you ever want to just check out some fiction, um, Terror House has some excellent, excellent uh, authors. Um. And I mean, that's, that's it for me. Follow me on kill to party on Twitter. Um, and by welcome to hell. Uh, if you're looking for kind of, um, some uh, memoir stories that touch on love, that touch on heartbreak, that will make you laugh, that will make you cry, uh, entwined with some, uh, pop culture analysis. Um, and little Casey Anthony. Um, yeah, check out my book. I'm so proud of my book. So just the more more people who read my book make, makes me just so happy. So that's Welcome to Hell on Amazon. Right on. You got to get me a copy. Get me a physical copy. Figure, figure it out, okay? And then I'll, I'll read it and I'll review it. Okay, absolutely, man. You got it. All right. Thanks, for, thanks Billy, for doing the show. I had a good time. And thanks, everybody, for watching. And that's a wrap. We will catch you all on the flip side. Peace out. Awesome.